Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you um, that this is our family and that um, through all things we get to support each other uh, and care for each other. Uh, we ask that you'll really empower Joanna and empower us to hear what you have to say to us through her. Amen. Amen. Will you grab my black binder that has my notes in it? It's under the bench there. Thank you so much. That is great. Thank you. That's great. Um, if you don't mind grabbing me, I had a glass of water. Thank you. I had a glass of water. If you could grab that for me, refill that, that would be great. Yep. That'd be great. Awesome. So this month's theme is always open. Service with a smile. So for those of you who are with us for the first time today, we have a great curriculum in our... Oh, I also forgot something else. <laughs> um, yes, I don't need a cup of tea, but there is my bag with the birds on it is under the bench as well. That's awesome, thank you. No, 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 sorry, I'm sorry, no, no, it's the other bag. It's genuinely the other bag with. So it's service with a smile. It is service with a smile. I think I'm good. So, that might have been a little bit planned. Yep, you totally got it, Pax. Because our, when I say our theme, I mean theme for our kids' church curriculum downstairs. Oh, thank you. Look at this, my whole family is serving me. Um, I mean our theme for our kids' church curriculum. Because we have a different theme every month. And when we have our first service of the month, it's not funny that word service is in there too. Our first service of the month, we always talk about our kids' church theme. And this is our theme this month. And it is all about service. So for those of you who can read, what does it say up there that service is? Lending a hand to help someone else. Now, those of you who know Wade, how many of you knew that if I asked him to help me, that he would help me? Totally. Don't you think, babe, I have something. I want to say thank you for helping me. So I got something for you. Because I know that this is one of your favorite things. And I thought that you would like, just to say thank you, because I knew you were going to help me. I thought you might like to have a lollipop. So would you like one? Okay, you can have a lollipop. Oh, yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah. I know. You totally can have one. 
No, go ahead. Just take it. Yeah, it's fine. For those of you who are listening on podcasts, Wade has a really, really big bag of lollipops. And there are a lot of people now that are not looking at me at all. They're looking at Wade. So people that are looking over at Wade, what are you thinking now? The first sound, first song in the Sound by Me soundtrack. That's how I learned to do. Like that. Come on, there's got to be somebody else that's thinking some, but something else about that huge bag of lollipops. Can I have a lollipop? He has a lot. I mean, service means giving a hand to somebody else, and he does have an awful lot there, doesn't he? We'll just see how that rolls out. I mean, if we're talking about service, I guess the thing that I would want to ask you to think about first, you could talk about with somebody near you is, can you think of a time when somebody has served you well? Think about that for just a second. Take a second. If you're somebody that thinks about things inside your brain best, let's do your type of thinking first. So take a minute, and if it helps, you can close your eyes. So think about when somebody served you well. And for those of you who are listening to this sermon online, the Pallisters are now sharing the heart-shaped lollipops. Sharing the love, if you will. So glad it's Valentine's Day and there was a lot of heart-shaped candy around for this sermon illustration. Look at them sharing the love. It looks like an apple. Judah, did you think of something? You think about what, sweetie? You think I blackmailed him into serving me? That's a, okay, that's a fair thought. But we actually, just a second, I think you made a great point. So when everybody gets their candy, we'll go back to it. All right. Everybody that has a lollipop got a lollipop. Excellent. Okay, so while the question was, can anybody think of a time where somebody served you well, Judah said to me, I think you blackmailed Wade into serving you. So that's a pretty interesting point. And this week, actually, Pax was reading a book with the word blackmail in it, and he's like, I don't know what that means. What does blackmail mean? So what do you think that, what does that mean? Okay, so you think Wade has information on me that I don't want other people to know. And, oh, I have information on Wade? No? <gasps> but, but do you think, but what you're saying, though, is, but I think you're making a fair point. I did ask him in front of everybody else. So if he said no, that'd be sort of weird. Is that what you're saying? I won't put any more words in your mouth. No problem. 
Oh, no problem. Oh, don't do that on kids' church service. I'll ask you to explain anything you say during kids' church service. I'm always digging for a good point. Okay. All right. So, did anybody manage to think of a time when somebody really served you? When somebody served you well? Pax, I saw your hand first. On Saturday, Eleanor helped you and your cousin Mo. I remember that. She was really kind, wasn't she? I'm going to go to somebody else because I saw another hand over here. I'll come back to you. I saw somebody over here. Put your hand up. Anna, what can you remember? Oh. Wow. So Anna, wow. Anna's been recovering from eye surgery, and her daughter-in-law, Sarah, has been making all of her meals during that time. That's amazing. That's so great. Yeah, Judith? On your birthday? Yeah, what happens on your birthday often? Yeah, you cake and presents and people do kind things for you. Rose, did you have a thought? So Miss Rose says, in marriage, it's a relationship of servanthood and you serve one another. I think that's the ideal. Nori, did you have a thought? Mm. So when you're sick, I mean, Daddy or Pax or Sophia takes care. Yeah. So that, oh, Rick, did you have a thought? Yeah. Wow. So Rick had an appointment he's been really looking forward to on Thursday where he was had, had to have an IV. And even though he is a big old grown-up, his mom still drove in from Mission far away and came with him and was with him the whole time. And, you know, I have to say, this is one thing I really love about this community. There are so many people in this church community that really do serve, serve our church, serve each other, serve their families. It's something that's so beautiful about how that looks. So we're, um, what we're talking about this month is that um, we serve each other because we're followers of Jesus and that's how Jesus has loved us and so when we serve it's a reflection of what we call the character of God it doesn't mean like God is a character and he's playing a character in a show when we see the character of God it means what somebody is like so it's showing what that person's like. So we're going to watch some videos now that talk about service and that shows a Bible story. It's from the book of John, chapter 13. And for those of you kids who are missing so-and-so show, we're not going to show that one today. But if you're staying afterwards, there is a chance that you'll get to see so-and-so show during the seminar. So today we're going to watch our Bible story and think a little bit about service. Should that start on its own, Nate? Great, thank you. Well, the lunch rush is over. Everyone got fed. Eventually. And I learned oh, more than I... Oh, that's the last one. Maybe we, maybe I clicked it forward too much. Sorry. 
if you would serve me by finding the correct video. Thank you. Well, hi! Welcome to PB&J's. Come on in and sit for a spell. I'm Haley. My Aunt Paula Bell and Uncle Jay asked me to help out as a server here during the lunch rush. My first thought was, I don't know anything about being a server. My second thought was, how hard could it be? So here I am. They offered to pay me, but I said, no way, we're family. Knowing I help them is payment enough. Plus, I get to learn about service. Service is lending a hand to help someone else. <gasps> Order up, burger and fries coming your way. See how easy it is to serve? Order up, milkshake a la strawberry coming at ya. Sometimes the lunch crowd is a little busy. <laughs> PB&J, coming at ya. And order up, it looks like a ooh, milkshake. And, oh, uh, order up, uh, okay, uh, I got it. Order up, uh, okay, order up, um, order, uh, order up. Service is harder than I thought. Why am I doing this again? For free. Hopefully today's story will help me and you see the best reason to serve others. Oh boy. I'll see you on my lunch break. If I get a lunch break. Oh, oh, order up! That's a great episode, great reference. The Bible isn't just a book of random stories. It's 66 different books that come together to tell one story. An incredible one about God's love for us. And now for an amazing story. Inspired by the book of John, chapter 13. Peter hurried to set out pottery dishes as John placed unleavened bread around the table. How did Jesus know some random guy with a water jar would have an open guest room for the Passover meal? I don't know, he just knows. No one has an open guest room at Passover. Both men paused to look around the airy upper room. The long table was surrounded by rough cushions where Jesus and his friends would sit. Yet, here we are. There they come, quick! The two men rushed to finish setting out the meal. Did we think of everything? Hey, we've worked hard. If anything's missing, someone else can deal. As the setting sun angled through the window, Jesus and the rest of his disciples filed in. Everyone was tired from a long week of noisy crowds and a long trek down the dusty roads. Jesus, you sit right here at the head of the table. James, Judas, over there. As Peter and John found their places, Peter wrinkled his nose. What reeks? Uh, <clears throat> it's your feet. My feet? Ugh, no, it's yours. Look, everyone's feet are disgusting. You know what Jerusalem streets are like? Uh, I'd rather not think about it. 
there's a basin under the window. We just need a servant to wash our feet. A servant? You think we would be making dinner if there was a servant around? Peter glanced down the table. James, why did you put me over here? I should be sitting right by Jesus. We need you to wash everyone's uh, feet. Me? <laughs> you do it. We already made dinner. James turned to the man on his other side. Judas, foot washing, get on it. Hello, can you not see I'm busy counting our money? Important work. Okay, so uh, who's least important? They scoped out the other side of the table. Thaddeus. No one ever remembers Thaddeus. Hey, Thaddeus. John jabbed an elbow into Peter's side. Peter, look. John gestured to the head of the table. Before the disciples had even begun arguing, Jesus had risen to his feet and took off his outer robe. Then he'd found a towel and wrapped it around his waist. What? What is he doing? I don't know. Uh, washing his hands, maybe? Jesus poured water into the basin beneath the window. Um, Jesus? What are you doing? Jesus knelt down beside Thaddeus. He removed his sandals and began washing the cake mucked off of the man's feet. He can't do that. You can't do that. Jesus dried Thaddeus's clean feet with the towel and moved on to Bartholomew. We should have done it. This is our fault. Well, he can't wash my feet. Jesus continued around the table, washing and drying each man's feet. At last, he got to Peter. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? You don't realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter tucked his feet up under him, dirt and all. No way, you will never wash my feet. Unless I wash you, you can't share life with me. Peter blinked. He'd spent the last three years with Jesus, sharing everything. If he had to let Jesus wash his feet to continue, well, that's what he'd do. Lord, not just my feet. Peter untucked his feet and laid out his hands too. Wash my hands and my head too. Jesus smiled and started rinsing Peter's feet. People who have had a bath need to wash only their feet. The rest of their body is clean, and you are clean. Peter nodded and held his tongue for once. When Jesus was finished, he shrugged back on his robe and found his place at the table. Do you understand what I have done for you? I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so you also should wash one another's feet. Okay, I claim next time. I don't think it's a competition. Now you know these things, so you will be blessed if you do them. The disciples nodded. Jesus had made it clear that the goal of God's kingdom wasn't competing to be important. It was choosing to serve. Jesus had turned everything upside down. I think we get to see our waitress again one more time. <sighs> well, the lunch rush is over. Everyone got fed. Eventually, and I learned more than I ever thought I'd learn about service. I learned the hungrier people are, the less patient they are with your lack of experience. I learned to smile through the pain, and I learned that even when it's hard to serve, there's still a good reason to do it. Jesus showed us an example of service when he washed his disciples' feet. He served them even though he is the one that deserves to be served. And are we more important than Jesus? I'll answer for you. No, we're not. 
so we should serve others like he did. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to wash somebody's stinky feet, but it does mean sometimes doing jobs we really don't wanna do, like cleaning a toilet or taking out the trash so someone else doesn't have to. Or it could mean being kind to people who don't have that many friends. It can mean being available to help when someone is hurting. Jesus served us in ways we can never repay. He died on the cross for our sins so we can have a close relationship with God. When we serve others, it's one way we can show how thankful we are for everything Jesus has done for us. That's the one thing to remember today. Serve others because of what Jesus did for us. You don't need a better reason than that. Whew, actually, my shift's almost over and I still got a reason to serve even when I'm off the clock. Oh. Gotcha. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>
And sometimes, like, especially when we come to church, I'll think, you know, I'm serving in church, or I'm serving at kids' church because I want my kids to come to church. Or I'm, I'm serving at church because there's other people there that do so much already, and I want to help. Or, you know, I really like the people at church, and I, I really want to be a part of it. But eventually, if we're serving for other people, our, our love and our heart to do it sometimes gets tested. If none of the people are appreciating what you're doing and you're doing it for them, that's really hard. Or all kinds of reasons come up. But what I loved about getting this message ready today was it was such a great reminder of why I serve. So if I want to make Wade a cup of coffee in the morning, it is not because he says to me, if you don't make me a cup of coffee in the morning, I'm going to talk to you about it all day long. I'm going to ask you where my coffee was. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to remember. I'm going to mention it every day. Remember Tuesday when there was no coffee? Never. If I want to make him a cup of coffee in the morning, how come I make him a cup of coffee? Because he loves coffee. And I love him. And I know it's going to bless him. And sometimes we forget that that's how Jesus served. Because he loves us. And so we love Jesus. And Jesus deserves a beautiful body and we're his body. So let's think about how, how did Jesus serve? When he served other people, how did he do that? What did that look like? I mean, besides the on the cross thing. We've talked about that piece. But when he was on earth and he served, what did he do? Made breakfast for people. Put some fish on the beach. There was some fish there for them. What other kind of stuff did he do? Yeah. Yeah. He included people that nobody else included. He talked to women when no men in that culture didn't really talk to women. He talked to people that had diseases that you weren't supposed to talk to or touch. The worst bad people that nobody in church was supposed to talk to. What do you think, Judah? Yeah. That's the ultimate thing. Right? Yes. Yes. He taught people how to forgive so they could be a community. There was somebody else over here who had a thought. He healed people, which is amazing. But he also said, your sin's forgiven, and he saw people. One of the things I loved about Jesus is that he noticed people that nobody else noticed. Like Sally said, he included everybody. One of my favorite stories is when he's in a whole crowd of people, and everybody's surrounding him, and then he says, who touched me? And it was a woman who'd been sick for years, and she had a sickness that in that culture actually made her unclean. She wasn't supposed to come around anybody. And Jesus felt the power go out of him. But Jesus came to show us what God's like. And Jesus noticed the tiniest details, the people that nobody else saw. And the Bible says that the whole universe is a picture of what God's like. So when we start getting into science and nature, have you ever seen a newborn baby's fingernails? You know how tiny they are? Can you imagine God 
crafting those fingernails, those parts of science, those atoms that nobody else can see. He loves the small, the tiny, the insignificant, right? He notices everybody. That's how he, that's how Jesus served. Everybody matters, right? He sees us all. So these are some of the things we've already said. He looked around and he noticed people's need. He didn't wait for somebody else to do it. I don't know about you, but in our house, sometimes it'll be like, all right, somebody needs to clear the table. And then we say, one, two, three, not it. Not it. Jesus never played not it. Never. He played pick me, pick me, pick me. And he never thought he was too good to serve. One of the reasons that we have a culture of service in our church is because we have lead pastors who are never too good to serve. Right? Gordy and Kathleen serve us and serve us and serve us. Sometimes to their own detriment. Right? He never thought it was too big. He, he didn't let his own pain and the things that he was dealing with get in the way. I mean, that day when he was having that dinner, if you remember the other things that happened before and after this dinner, he had had a day. Have any of you ever had a fight with somebody or know that somebody did something mad to you or say you're at school and somebody's bullied you and has been super mean to you and then you have to go back into class? and act totally normal around that person, and you know that that person is a horrible jerk, and then that horrible jerk is like, I said it. Exactly. We don't need to say it over and over again. You know what they are, and then they're in class, and that person is like, yes, Mrs. Teacher. No, Mrs. Teacher. You're super awesome. And they're like, thank you, Billy. And you're like, Billy is terrible. In that meal, Jesus knew that Judas had betrayed him. He knew that Judas had sold him to the chief priests. He knew that he was going to die. He knew he was going to die because Judas had told on him. But do you know what I noticed about that story? It's not called the time that Jesus washed everybody's feet except Judas. But we couldn't call it that because why? What did Jesus do for Judas? It's okay, girls. It's okay. What did Jesus do for Judas? Paxi, what did Jesus do? Did you notice? Did anybody else notice? He washed Judas's feet too. Washed everybody's feet. Those, those feet that walked through, you know, they kind of hinted it there, but they're like, you know what Jerusalem streets are like. What were Jerusalem streets like? Poop. I know. I said jerk and poop. Are you still going to let me preach here? Yes. So. And then the other thing is that Jesus used what he had right there. Right there in that place, what he had in that room to serve people with was a bucket of water and some soap and his underwear. I've learned that it's always funny when you say underwear, at least to packs. 
But I think it's a great picture of Jesus used what he had. And one of the things that we've been talking about in our grown-ups part of the church is doing what's sustainable. Does anybody know? Okay, buddy. Okay, 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 okay. 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 Does anybody remember? Just a second. Sorry. It's too hard for me to preach one time. Do, do you need to step out for a second? Okay. Okay. Sustainable. So Jesus used what he had in the room. But we've been talking about this word of sustainability. So what sustainability means is something that you can do again and again and again without using up everything that you have. So we... Jesus was able to use what he had in the room. And sometimes when we're thinking about how I can serve, it feels really big. But so often, me serving is about where I am, what I can do. I had a conversation with Gordy last week where I was like, I'm just asking God about my vision. And he said to me, okay, can I tell you what I just heard you say? And then basically said, so there's these people that are in your home. There's these people in your life. Your heart is for them, you're blessing them, you're serving them, and you're asking God what your vision is. And it was like, right. Once again, the answer is what I have in my hand, what I have in front of me, what I have that I can do. And that's how Jesus served. Jesus listened all the time to what his dad was saying. There were times where he was serving people, and God actually said to him, Stop serving, go away now. And he listened. There were times where he was all by himself, and he was praying, and his disciples came and said, we need you, we need you, we need you right now. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't come right now. I'm, I'm supposed to pray. So Jesus modeled for us a way that we can serve without using up everything that we have because he listened to his dad all the time. He listened to the father. He did what the father told him to do. And so that does give us a way to be able to do something again and again without using up everything that we have. Oh, I always get way too excited and look at the time at the beginning of this and then start asking everybody questions and then realize that 15 minutes have passed. So um, this is, wait a second. So this is some ideas of how the disciples served. So what were some of the things that the disciples said in that video? Can you remember? They were pretty funny. Remember what they said? Some of the stuff? Yeah, take Thaddeus. Nobody ever remembers Thaddeus. Or he said stuff like, if there was a servant here, would we have made dinner? Or, oh, I'm so guilty. We should have done that. Or, uh, I call next time. Next time I'm going to do it. And then I don't think it's about competition, right? So, or they thought about like, I shouldn't be doing this. At the beginning, he says, if it's not good enough for everybody, everybody else can deal. So serving isn't always about our rights. We can notice sometimes if we're maybe serving in the wrong way, if we start noticing, this is the fifth time that I have done this and nobody else has had a turn. Where is everybody else? Now, 
Sometimes it's okay to communicate that, but it's also sometimes good to check our hearts on that, right? Or if we think, what, why am I doing this? This isn't my job. Or the other way around, somebody else does something, you think, oh, I should have thought of that. Next time I'm doing it. Right? Our goal in God's kingdom is to be like Jesus. And this is the memory verse for this month. Jesus sat down and called for the 12 disciples to come to him. And then he said, anyone who wants to be the first must be the very last. They must be the servant of everybody, of everyone. And so that's really what we're talking about today. And it's a perfect thing to remember when we have communion together too, in that when we're followers of Jesus, the ideal reason that we serve is like I said about me making coffee. Or honestly, I mean, I know I asked Wade in front of everybody, but I know I knew that he would help me because that's his character. But there was also a picture that I was trying to show with giving him a huge bag of heart-shaped lollipops. Because when we do get a revelation of how much God loves us, it's totally natural to want to share that. It's totally natural to want to say, oh yeah, you can come to my house and have pizza because we always have lots of pizza. I have lots to share so I know there's room for you. Jesus loved us so much that there's always, when we are aware of God's love for us, there's always an overflow of love to give to somebody else when we're connected to that. And if we're not feeling that way, the wonderfully simple, beautiful thing is we can ask God to show us that again. He'll show us that over and over and over again in our lives. So we can ask that today. God, I haven't really felt for a while how much you love me. I haven't thought for a while about how much you love me. Would you show me again? So we're set free because of Jesus giving his life for us. Right? We're not his slaves. We don't have to serve. We don't have to serve each other. We don't have to serve anybody in our lives. But we do it because we're his friends, not his slaves. And because we love him and he loves us. And I see God's character in so many of you how you serve. It just blew my mind the first time that it ever happened where I was with someone who was a Christian supervisor in a situation. I was on my training school at Youth of the Mission, and it was my job to do these dishes at YWAM Los Angeles, and there were these huge pots, and it was nuts, and my leader came in and said, oh, man, we're getting ready to start community meeting, and you guys aren't done the dishes yet, and I went, no, I'm so sorry, and he said, no problem, and put on an apron, and came and washed the pots beside me, and it blew my mind. Never seen anybody do that before, so nothing's too small for God, and as we, as we go into communion, I think we can think about, because I don't really know what to say about it, the piece where Jesus says, unless I wash you, you can't share life with me. Wash all of you. You can't share life with me. So I think we can ask as we go into communion to God to show us again at how much God loves us and how we can share life with him. Because we do what we do because of how God loved us. So 
Gordy, do you want to come and pray for communion? How are you feeling? You don't have to. Okay. So we're going to take one minute, and we're going to sit with that quiet question. Lord Jesus, if, if you haven't shown me for a while, or maybe never, maybe I've never asked what it means, how much you love me, would you, tell, would you tell my friends now? Would you tell me again? Would you show me? Would you show each one of us by your Holy Spirit? Would you break open our hearts and show us how much you love us? And how deep that well is that we can serve from, that we never need to worry about not having enough in your kingdom that we can come back to that well and draw again and again and again. Lord Jesus, on the night you died, you came in and you saw your friends and you loved them exactly how they were. And their feet were so dirty. And you took off your outer clothes and you made yourself vulnerable. And you bent down and you washed their feet. You washed each one of their feet. And then you took the bread and you held it and you gave it to your friends and you broke it and you said, this is my body which is broken for all of you. When you eat this, remember me. And then you gave it to everybody even the one who betrayed you. And in the same manner, you took the cup of wine and you held it and blessed it and you gave it to your friends and you said, this is my blood which is poured out for you. It's a new covenant. It's a new promise. It's shed for you and for everybody. And when you drink this, remember me. Lord, we ask your blessing on these elements today and on this communion time. We ask that you would show us again how much you love us. And you would let that well spring up in us and that that would be the place that we serve.
from. going to ask that we don't put music on today, but that we actually keep this quiet. I think it's pretty special. And often we take turns in rows coming to communion, but if you don't feel quite ready when it's your rose turn, it's okay to go a little bit out of order. The way that we administer communion is that um, Rick and Will will bring it to anybody that can't come up on their own to get it, but then they'll stand here so when you feel ready to come for communion, I'm going to invite you to come. And I'm going to invite you to keep a quiet space today for listening. And if you've heard what you're meant to hear today, then I invite you to rejoice in that. And if you feel like you want to process that, it's okay for you to grab a clipboard or a pen and do that while everybody else is receiving their communion. Or if there's someone that you feel like you're meant to pray with today, if the way that God wants you to serve right now is to bless and pray for somebody else, I want to encourage you to go to them and ask them and say, could I pray for you today? So we're going to do that just a little bit differently today. So I'm, I, uh, I bless you to receive communion. Then we'll do a blessing prayer at the end before we go. So I just invite you to go ahead and we'll just keep a quiet space while we come to communion today.